0: Hey, it's Brian with Pop Culture Leftovers here. Uh, this is a Pop Culture Leftovers extra. Um, so we're gonna have our regularly scheduled uh, show on Monday. About it's a it'll be our Pacific Rim episode, but this is an extra. We got the chance to uh, speak to Hassani Johnson, who's directing Grace and Earth One. It's uh, it's a mini-series, it's a web series, and it's on Indiegogo right now, so you can donate to the project and be a part of this. I wanted to give you a story description, and then I'm going to jump into the interview uh, that we had with him. Grace and Earth One Season 1 is a non-profit six-episode season dedicated to exploring the origin story of the DC character known as Nightwing. But with a twist, the twist being that Richard Grayson has never had the good fortune of being adopted as a child by Bruce Wayne, thus never becoming the boy wonder. Instead, we have a Richard Grayson that had to fend for himself on the unforgiving streets of Gotham and, even worse, the streets of Bloodhaven. A character that has to overcome years of dog-eat-dog mentality to become a selfless and kind individual, to ultimately fulfill his destiny and become a hero. So we had the chance to speak with Hassani Johnson, the director, very talented, very charming, and it was a wonderful interview. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play it. We are missing like the first few minutes of the interview, and I, I do apologize to Hassani and to everyone listening, but it'll jump right in, and, and you'll be able to get the gist of the whole interview. So
1: enjoy. ...was to figure out a way
0: to really make it my own. Right. You know, I don't, you know it's just a respect thing, you know? You don't
1: just take someone's stuff...
2: Well, that that's one of the things that I liked when I was uh, kind of reading the backstory on this was uh, it seemed to me like you kind of made the decision to do this out of wanting to do this character right or, you know, do it justice because, yeah. you know, you have like Christian Bale and that saying, oh, I will never do a movie with Robin because Robin, you know, he's he's portrayed as, as this kind of goofy character. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone that actually reads the comics knows that, you know, Richard Grayson is not you know, he's his own man, and he yeah. can stand toe-to-toe with anybody, so he's no joke.
1: Yeah, and, even when he was a little kid, he was probably more brave than Batman was. I mean, no, kidding. essentially, and a lot of people don't know this, Robin's sole purpose at the beginning was to distract people from Batman, to, like, right. draw fire, to, you know, that's a hard job to just <laughs> run out in the open with a green and yellow suit on, going, hey, hey, look at me, while Batman hopefully gets to them in time. Right. He's a really brave dude any way you look at it.
2: Yeah, and that's what I also, you know, I also like this, that it is a different take, is that you, it, it adds more uh, weight to his character, in other words, that he's not taken, taken under uh, Bruce Wayne's wings, you know, mm-hmm. he's not his sidekick, that regardless of what his circumstances were, he still is choosing to make these decisions, you know, and uh, yeah. that's the focus, of course, of, of what this is, right, is that it's his journey... Well, yeah.
1: And and then, you know, I think it's – all right. A couple reasons I've done this. One is because um, Richard Grayson is kind of flat on the page because he's kind of always good. He's kind of like Superman in that sense. That's Superman's like – you know, the the thing everybody struggles with is like – that's why they made his dad so dark in The Man of Steel is because it was the only way they can infuse some sort of lack of perfect judgment into the character. Right. Um, which makes people interesting is the struggle, not just the, oh, every single time you can count on it, they're going to do the right thing. And and with this character, I've set it up as, as nature ver- versus nurture. You know, right. like, he might, you know, the way I look at it is naturally he's, he's the same guy you know and love. He's just, he can't expose it in the world he's in. Like, it has to be like a I take care of me sort of sort of uh, lifestyle and, you know, uh, reputation rules, you know, just kind of a lot of really, really kind of grimy situations, very much to the the inner city atmosphere I grew up in. Right. You want to be a good person, but you you can't always. Like, I consider myself a pretty squeaky clean sort of guy. But as we talk about this, I remember a time where um, a kid stole my bike so mm-hmm. as soon as i saw him with one i stole his now i'm not <laughs> saying that's, that's the right thing to do <laughs> but i was just so angry and right. i needed to send a message that people couldn't just do that to me now i'm also the same person who was 15 minutes early to everything uh you know I, i'm like ferociously detail oriented so that no one ever really is shortchanged right you know but but then again my environment just it brought out the worst in me. So, um, but, and I just kind of want to put that character in the same situation and see if we can get him pretty much back to what it is. You, you love about him a hundred and, percent. And that way, cause I mean, you, you don't really have too much of a backstory for that character. He's, you know, you don't know how he learned how to fight really, because every time you see him training with Bruce, it's just like, he's doing acrobatics and stuff. That's not, that's not fighting you know how, how does circus go to like combat on the mean streets right you know like which is why we chose to to show the character kind of like just brawling mm-hmm. you know he learned that on the streets he has a lot of room to be refined sorry i'm going on a tangent oh no
2: no <laughs> no no. That's
0: no, no, great um
2: yeah but speaking of the fighting uh the, the choreography for that was outstanding um mm-hmm. And, and what I thought was cool about that scene um, too, was that you do think about you know where where did he learn this, okay so he hasn't trained with Bruce Wayne how does he know he obviously knows how to fight and you know so that that takes you back to to another side of that story, and you can kind of retell it in this new you know story
1: absolutely, absolutely. and I, and I want people to I want people to ask those questions, although it is it's kind of annoying when People like they look at it as like a film. And I'm a TV guy. I'm, I would say 90% of the things I put out are for TV. So, like, uh, I'm designed the way I think is to not give you all the answers. And people desire them so much that they're willing to just kind of like pass like really harsh judgment upon your project because you didn't tell them everything. And, yeah, you know, I think that's both a good and a bad thing. I've clearly hooked them. Enough to the point where they need to know what, why things are the way they are and, and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the impatience is, is going to be something tricky mm-hmm. to, you know, at least until people catch on that it's a serial.
0: I think it's good storytelling when you can just throw people into this world and not have to hand feed and explain everything. Mm-hmm. And you're just thrown into the world and you, you just learn as it goes.
1: Yes. You yes. Become,
0: I mean, right. You become part of this world as you
1: continue to watch it. Absolutely. We were really committed to, like, not pointing any big red arrows at anything. Like, I love letting people kind of figure things out a little bit. Like, with Helena, we never used her name. We just kind of put, you know, we did a lot of cross crosses on her wardrobe, and she wears a cross necklace, and, you know, she fits the profile. Uh, And she's in Bloodhaven, you know, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, you know, even with Richard, like, I love that the biggest source of debate is his wardrobe. <laughs> people either love it or hate it. And, the, and, the, and the, the face paint, you know, even though we totally justified that by showing his entire band with face paint on. Loved it,
0: yeah. Yeah, I liked it too.
1: People still just... And, then, and by the way, I wrote this before I ever saw Arrow. Like, I worked, I worked on this script. Me and the lead actor passed the script back and forth about seven months before we shot it. So, like, it was a lot of work put into, like, making sure it was logical because we had to do, you know, six to eight episodes worth of stuff and everything has to tie together well. So we can't just willy-nilly do anything, you know? So,
0: so what do you think of Arrow now that you have – you, have you watched Arrow?
1: I've watched all of it. Okay. Um, I grew up on Smallville and I think people yeah. can see that in the way that I structured the story. And even though the world is dark, somehow I'm, – and I'm really proud that my Smallville kind of, like, roots – Showing my work, you know. I've watched more Smallville than probably anything else in my life. I've been through the seasons. So, I mean, I've been through the series several times. Right. So I guess it's just kind of ingrained at this point. But um, I liked Arrow. I think, and it's so weird because I mean, I'm not the judgmental type. But if I was to have any small nitpicky sort of thing, and I kind of get the feeling that the producers and writers know they did this too. They made, uh, they made Oliver too unstoppable too soon. Yes, yes. And, and I it was just, I,
2: I was just going to commend you for that, actually. Um, uh, he almost gets killed in this, uh, yeah. Great Than Earth One. He almost gets killed, and, and I like that far better than Arrow's kind of unstoppable, you know, he can't die, he can't be hurt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, He should be in that situation, but he's not. And you've you've done it realistically, and I like that a lot.
1: I try to. I mean, when a gun comes out, the whole game is changed. You know, like he's he's a big pussy in the corner, just like anybody else would be. Uh, But uh, I and I also like the way that, like, if you watch the fight closely, it was. I mean, for me, it was required that he would hit the ground because he's fighting more than one guy. Right. Uh, It was required that he would get knocked down on camera a couple times and that he would be backed against a wall and overwhelmed for a little bit. Now, granted I cut a ton of stuff out like this mm-hmm. uh, this is a 16 minute pilot, but we cut a lot of fight choreography out. We cut a lot of dialogue out. Um, you know, we lost a lot, but I think it came together. Well, it shows that he's flawed as a combatant. Right. Not to mention, he, okay. I put him on the opposite end of the spectrum as Bruce because I mean, we had him walk up to the door for heaven's sakes. Like, (laughs) you know, can you be any more like, you know, he drove a loud motorcycle to, you know, to to where he was going and he didn't bring a weapon. (laughs) Right. So literally he's kind of just, you know, really kind of like, he's street, he's impulsive.
3: He's reckless. In a
1: lot of ways he can get himself killed. Right. So you set up the room for tutelage from, from Bruce.
2: Which is kind of hinted at, isn't it? I mean, I, I did see somebody say something to the effect, <laughs> will we see Batman in this series? <laughs> and you said, well, it depends on who you think Batman is, which I thought was awesome because uh, it leaves it open for question. And, of course, you, <laughs> you also have, which I kind of missed the first time I watched it, but you have at the beginning this kind of shadowy figure in the ah, alleyway. good, good. So who is that dude and... You know, with your remark to this other guy, I was like, what does that mean, you know? It's,
1: man, no one's, I mean, it's kind of, well, I'll say it like this. <laughs> um A lot of people haven't put together, because I, like I said, it's a, like, I pride myself on my writing. Mm-hmm. Like, I took a long time, and where this season go, goes, if we can somehow piece it together, is, um... It's pretty amazing. And, and, like, there's there's a lot... Right from the moment the, the series start, there is story being told. I mean, from the street signs... I mean, the highway signs, to um, uh, Barbara walking down a dark alley by herself. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because, like, do you think it's a coincidence that a shadowy figure happens to be there right after she's abducted and grabs right. her hat?
3: Right.
1: I mean... I, I want to tell you who it is so so bad, but I think it's more fun for you to like theorize. And of course, like if you if you think about it smart, like why would Batman happen to be at the exact same place as you know as 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 Barbara? Right. And, you know, like the only thing that I'll say it like this: the only thing that wasn't planned that night was Grayson being there.
2: Yeah, that's. <sighs> that blew my mind and and again i didn't catch it until later which i thought Mm -hmm. was really cool i mean it's like a good album it's been growing on me and growing on me the more (laughs) i watched it so i got to commend you for that as well i mean you you said your you know your main focus is the writing but i mean visually this was awesome i it Mm -hmm. it it wouldn't even need dialogue to me Your, your your marriage of the music and the visuals was fantastic i mean (laughs) <laughs> where did that come from? I mean, because you have a pretty interesting background as to where you kind of started out to, to where you are now. I mean, so where does where does that kind of visual and, and the marriage of the music too, which is huge for me, is if the score works, then it makes it so much better for me. And so, does the music come after? Does it come before? How how do you work all that? And where you where did you kind of learn and pick up on that stuff?
1: Um, the the music is before the script, believe it or oh, not. Okay. Me. Um, because I'll find mute, like I'll, I'm typically driving or in the shower or in the bathroom, and like uh, I'll I'll think of a song, or you know I'll I'll be in the shower and I have the radio going and something will come on and all of a sudden I'm just hooked to it, and I you know I just start imagining little scenes in my head and then those scenes end on end up on paper, and the challenge becomes shooting the scene with the beats that you know, with beats that go in, uh, that are in sync with the beats of the song. Right. So with the fight I had, like, a couple maneuvers I really wanted to happen Mm -hmm. so that I can emphasize them with the music. You know, uh, I had my transitions really planned out so that I can emphasize those with the music, you know, and with sound, special sound effects. So sound is, sound in general is like a really big thing for me. I guess I'm a little overboard with the leather <laughs> the Leather jacket, but really, people. I I chose to go overboard with the leather because it hid my ADR. I'd right. rather you focus on a, a a slightly loud jacket than than being like that's clearly ADR. And and that's you know it was a choice. You know when you get to indie when you do indie projects like I do, like this project was super duper cheap, super mm-hmm. cheap. Uh, you you have to pick your battles. And right. like one of us, like okay, I can either distract them a little bit from <laughs> from the fact that uh, you know the, the sound is completely dubbed, or or I can you know or I could just let them see that it's dubbed. And I just chose to go with the latter, you know. And yeah, people yeah. actually think that that's the jacket sounds that we recorded the day of. So I guess that's kind of a compliment. <laughs> 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 um, uh, and as far as like the song that Grayson sang. That was just yeah. looking really, really hard, and I actually found a local band called Serpent Underground. Mm-hmm. That um, I couldn't have had a, a I couldn't have run into a more nice guy. I hit him up on Reverb Nation, and then I hit him up on MySpace, and he got back to me, and we just started vibing. and He seemed to get it right from jump. I think the idea of a metal superhero is kind of really attractive to a lot of people.
2: Oh yeah, man! It, it was a good scene, and you know, I, I, I thought it added to his character. You know who this guy is and, and what he's about. Um, you know, kind of a you know any any metal band who does b- the bar scene. You know, you're going to be kind of a, a hard edge kind of guy, and that's what you kind of pick up from that as well. And it was a good song. I I, I really liked it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I found a lot of music but some of it sounded a little too mastered to sound like it was actually in the bar. I mean, this song was about as perfect as it could get for that. And it actually, the voices had to sound like they could come from my lead actor because, you know, it wasn't his voice. The, the guy playing the guitar next to him, it was actually his voice. Oh, so, okay. But people buy. I mean, the fact that Stephen McCain was able to pull that off to the point where, like, when I had some test screenings, people were like, is he actually singing? Right. It's such a compliment to him. You oh,
0: know, yeah. oh, it uh, it definitely looked that way.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I I I start with music. Like for episode two, I already know like my major song that I want to use.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but it is so awesome. Like I'm stoked <laughs> to like to to you know just go at this second episode. Like the second episode makes the first episode look kind of silly in comparison because mostly because of story like there's no explosions or you know there's no gigantic fight scenes it's just the stuff that you the detail in the story you know like the twist and the turns and and just those things that kind of tickle your brain about the character Are the things that i hope really that people enjoy
0: well there there I th- I still think that there's a uh, style with this. I mean there's a lot of substance, but there is a lot of style. Um, like, I, the the enemies with the with the, with the masks? Yeah, I <laughs> I like it. I think it's very cool. I think it, br- it it brings a little bit of personality to them.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like essentially what the, those guys are the Whisper Gang. There's been a lot of it's a new 52's creation in the new Batman series. Right. And there's a gang in and, and I think it's the first issue of the Batman New 52s and they're called the Whisper Gang and their their story is awesome because the um the mask for those guys they're essentially they're like the freshmen of this gigantic crime syndicate. And because they're the freshmen, they get hazed by having those masks welded welded to their heads. Right? Oh, wow. Right. And they're not even given guns. They're only given knives to defend themselves to kind of weed out the best Mm. and the mask is it has a um its significance is pretty much it signifies their unwillingness to talk if they were caught by the police right so those guys you know it's pretty hardcore and they're all like really well trained in hand-to-hand combat and, and i just needed to reimagine them because I worked really hard at trying to figure out how I could do the mask that would be fused onto these guys, and mm-hmm. for the amount of money I had, I couldn't make it work, so I ended up doing a lot of painting. I painted those masks like they came just black, and I had to make make them look more metallic and and then just kind of figuring out how I was going to do the sound, I was thinking about doing like more of a Baney type sound, but um I decided against it because the actors' performances were just so good on their own. I decided to leave it as is right so. Right. But yeah, like the Whisper Gang is is what those guys are. People keep calling them Black Mask and stuff, and I think it's going to be really exciting for them to find out who they are. And and pretty much they're they're kind of thugs for hire. Yeah. So Would, um, oh go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean another thing that I like that you reimagined um, that desperately needed reimagining was was the main protagonist, which was Victor Freeze, mm-hmm. uh, A.K.A. Mister Freeze, uh, yeah. plays played by uh, Daz Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time that I've ever seen him done right. Um, it's the first time he's ever been kind of threatening, you know, uh, in my mind, like even in recent comic books. Um, this is him. He's murderous. He's psychotic. And he's got that self-centeredness that's almost robotic, which I thought was, you know, great kind of adding to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he Is he a cyborg? Is he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I thought that was really, I mean, awesome reimagining. And I I, want to know, you know, why did you choose him? Uh, Was it because it wasn't done right? I mean, was this another thing that you saw that you're like, I've got to do this right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I love Freeze. Like, Freeze is not a bad guy to me. That's why. Yeah. I mean, you can relate to what. Yeah. He's not a bad guy. I mean, essentially, number one, I saw a great opportunity for me to show my skills at adapting yet another character, I knew I wanted to adapt Grayson. I—I I mean, you get to see how I adapted Bruce and mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and Barbara and all those guys. But Freeze was kind of a, the most fun character to adapt. And in later episodes, you see, we don't play in the black and white in the show.
3: Mm-hmm. Everything
1: is gray. There is no real bad guy because, I mean, my psychology. Uh, the psychology I've kind of set up for the character is that you know he has the similar backstory he was a renowned uh, physicist mm-hmm. and and sci- you know and 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 and, uh, and ph- pharmacist he's developed drugs wonder drugs to save people now if you think about what it takes for a doctor to do something like that uh, one of those phases are animal trials right you know? and um, I mean how many am- animals? Has a good scientist maimed and killed in the, over the course of his life? True. And and what would it take for a scientist to start to see humans the same way they see those animals? Because technically, wow. if freezes trying, if freezes experimenting essentially on human beings, it could be to save thousands as opposed to the hundreds he may kill.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one way to... Yeah, I mean, you look at cel- serial colors, and a lot of them start off with animals and, and yeah. things like yeah. that. So, and, and,
1: and it, it doesn't take much for a person to snap right. or for them to see it as not really that different. Well, he thinks he's
0: doing something good. for the greater
1: good. Exactly. Now, of course, he has someone... Another similarity to the original incarnation is he, he does have someone he's trying to save. Right. Uh, is it the same person or not? I'm not going to say. Hmm. But the ailment that that person has is an ailment that a lot of people have, so if he can cure the person he loves, he could cure thousands and thousands of people so is he a bad guy
3: hmm hmm
2: <laughs> yeah that's true and and that's great, and because that that again that that's the good villain to me um. <laughs> And it's also more true to life because, you know, there is no, there's not a lot of instances where you're like, that guy is really, really a good dude. You know, I know from the bottom of my heart, you don't have that. You always have this conflict between kind of our animalistic side and kind of our, you know, higher, higher levels, you know. So I I think that's cool. You got to have that in your hero. You got to have that in your villain. And at the same time, I love the ode, though, to his coldness. And like you said, maybe that's (laughs) developed from his years trying to become this great, you know, scientist. So very interesting. I like that twist on it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I really, really dig it. And I mean, like, I love second episode, we really get to dive into Richard's psychology, which Mm -hmm. is like. Something everybody should be really excited about. Like, I'm a little disappointed <laughs> that our Indiegogo hasn't caught on as much as possible, but I don't think I'm going to let it stop me because I believe if I can get the second episode done, people will go nuts. Because yeah. once again, I, I think my I have like a slightly off perspective on things. And I was, in a, I was in an elite gymnast as a young person, mm-hmm. and my lead actor is an Olympic gymnast, right? two-time Olympic gymnast. Mm-hmm. And he's a you know he's world medalist, a hall of famer, and uh, the one thing the comics got wrong, in my opinion, and they've always been wrong about, is that if Richard was about ten years old, and was performing in the circus with his parents, Mm -hmm. getting to that point was hell. Right. The training, the injuries, the pain, the not being able to be a normal kid. Our show is gonna show you what it was really like for Richard training with his parents. Wow. And and the fears he had to deal with because maybe you know, maybe he wasn't so good with heights. Right. You know, maybe he wasn't so good with with uh with uh, the training hours. You know, maybe he held you take a character who has a little bit of a an authority issue. And you put the most domineering father slash best uh, acrobat on the planet, and, and you have to measure up to those standards, it can be really rough. Right. And then you add to that watching your parents die,
3: mm-hmm.
1: doing that sport. People ask, people ask two things that I so desperately wish I could answer. <laughs> One was, why isn't he doing acrobatics? Right. And the other is why did we call him Richard? Well, hmm. I mean, who gives you a nickname? Who's the first person to give you a nickname? It's typically your parents. Right. And if they're if they had a if they passed away due to a tragedy, you may not want to be called the same thing they called you. True. He, you know, and that's one of those cool little quirks we've given him and watching him get to the point where somebody can where he feels comfortable enough being called that again it's once again it's taking everything you love about richard and making not only him but the audience earn it we've never had to earn those things we love about him like like making him love being the world's the 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 greatest acrobat in the dc universe Mm -hmm. let's take that away from him and make him go through hell to have to be that person again right i'm not saying he's not You know, he is. He'll always be on the inside. But, you know, like there are some things that will force you away from your natural inclinations, you know. And I think just watching those, watching that evolution, you know, making us earn it.
2: Yeah, that's the payoff. And that's what people criticizing. Oh, I, I want this answered. Why didn't you answer this or explain more on that? That's what the payoff is. If you keep watching it, you're going to get those kind of things answered. Because mm-hmm. you've, you've set up a lot in just this ep- first episode. I mean, there's all kinds of things with each character that you kind of introduce where you know there's something else that's going to be going on with this person. What's their backstory? And, oh, yeah. and that's what's cool. I mean, you, you've put that all into one episode already, and I'm, that's why people need to keep watching. You'll get those questions answered. You'll, get, you'll have more questions, too, and that's the fun of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd I'm say so excited. It, it,
2: it, I think it pulls it off way better. I mean, we talked about Arrow, but I mean, you didn't even have the budget of Arrow. You pulled this off. I thought it was way better than any of the Arrow episodes. I mean, you, you, of course, you talked about Smallville, and you know, I was a big Smallville fan, but. You know, sometimes when you're watching that or Arrow, you, you have those moments where you're kind of cringing and you're mm-hmm. kind of like, this is this is goofy. You know, <laughs> we we also talked about Invincible Arrow. That's not true, you know, so <laughs> that that's what I respected that you, you didn't take it down that road. It still felt like that to me, but you didn't have any moments where I was like, oh, geez, no, or just kind of chuckling to myself about something. I. I enjoy that this is a serious take on it, and I also I also enjoy. Um, and it seems to kind of almost be a reoccurring theme. Like you did Fight Night Legacy, right? And mm-hmm. and Olympia, those are kind of what you're known for. Mm-hmm. And and now you have Grace and Earth One. It, you kind of have to me this theme that of something you take an ordinary person or somebody that you know has issues and they don't think they can, you know, get above those things. But then there's this spark, and then they kind of you know rise above. <laughs> <laughs> these things to almost heroic levels, and each one of these, uh, it seems to me that, that that's the theme. Is that something you've intentionally, you know, tried to do? Um,
1: no, because I think, I mean, I think it's a good <laughs> message, but no, I honestly, I just realized it now that you said it because <laughs> I, I would have fought you a few minutes ago if you would have said they were all the same, but now, that no, you're, no, like no. that, it's like, yeah, you're, you're kind of right, but I mean, <laughs> you know how they say, write what you know, right? <clears throat> yeah um I, I think i think there's a little bit of me in, a, in all of these characters i mean it's a weird thing like i come from a really terrible you know background you know mm-hmm. like I, you know inner city inner city late 80s early 90s terrible times rough yeah um, my mother and father my dad passed away when i was young my mom passed away not too not too you know long after that and and they weren't really up to too much, even when they were around. So, like, you kind of look at things and you go, "Wow, if I'm the sum of those two parts, I'm, i may not be, I may not be cut out for too much, too many special things." And, right. and my whole life is kind of about like figuring out if I am special or if I am good at something. And mm-hmm. and I think I do write characters that are pretty much in the 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 yin to their possible yang. And the story is all about getting them to that other side. You know, being able to embrace what it is that's special about them.
0: I think everybody can relate to that. I mean, everyone can relate to that. There's not one person that can't relate to that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, it's interesting, too. Like, it's just so... It's infinitely Mm -hmm. more interesting to watch... to watch people grow. To watch people fight, even, their nature. Be it be it they start good and they become bad and they try to fight being bad or, you know, like the more, one of the more character, uh one of the more awesome situations on TV was watching Lex Luthor become a bad person. Yes. Like that had me hooked for a while. I was watching Lex and having people treat Lex like crap because his dad was an ass. You know, like <laughs> something was just really, you know, it works either way. Right. You know it works either, and um, so, well, I, I'm really pumped about being able to do more of this. I, you know, it's been a rough go go at it watching the Indiegogo because you, all you want to do, I mean, the actors are on standby. I want to write, but you know what I mean. I'm I'm killing myself on other jobs to make enough money in case I have to put more of my own money into it. And right, but the fact that you guys kind of put this on the same level as like television and whatnot it really has paid off
2: you know? yeah I, I mean i i think w- the only thing is it needs more exposure i i think if people more people were aware of this project they would get behind it and so mm-hmm. um you know and you have some people that are like well why do an indiegogo why not fund it yourself which really pisses me off i'm sure you're not too happy about those comments but you know if if you want something done you know without somebody a big corporation's hand in things which is kind of what you've been doing i mean you've been kind of doing this yourself for a while Uh, so they have to understand that that uh it takes a lot of money but at the same time you don't want a couple people's hands like dictating how this is going to go if you want the vision to come to f- uh, fruition so yeah people need to understand that and stop criticizing it but I just I think the more exposure you get and the more people see this you know the more they're going to want to support it so mm-hmm. um, you know Indiegogo or not I, I hope you know you continue this in some way shape or form I, I know you've got some
1: other things going on um, um, I do like I have some really great projects coming up Uh Grayson is kind of right now. My life is all jumbled up because it's succeeding, you know right. what I mean? And, and, and more so than we all thought. And it's like, well, we kind of need to keep going with this because this is kind of good for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I had a couple goals going into this. Like, well, let me let me back it up. I'm gonna back it up. You know, the most discouraging thing I hear on the net. Regarding Grace and Earth One, it's, it's when people say, well, why, 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 use, why make it about Nightwing if you're going to change everything about him? Right. And to me, it's, you know, as if, and then they go on to explain how I must have done it just to get a quick boost in views and whatnot. And truthfully, uh, my mind was nowhere near that. Um, I think I was just stupid enough to believe that maybe if I did this well enough somehow people will start to look at the continuity I set up as a valid continuity. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, you
2: you could have went with a number of different Robins, too, but Absolutely. you didn't. And there's a good reason for it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, like, and I mean, like, I mean, who doesn't love Jason Todd? He's just, he's the Wolverine of the DC universe, basically. Right. He's right. That, that, the sexy bad boy, and, like, he's too cool for school. Yeah. Like, I can't make a show about him. Everybody already loves that guy already. But I, <laughs> if you could take a character who, I guess in the in the '60s, slept in the same bed as Bruce Wayne right. as a little boy, and and take him and, and and legitimize him for today's audience, I think it could be really. You know, I think that's something uh, applaud worthy. Not to mention, CW tried to do a show about Nightwing a bunch of times, and for some reason they couldn't get the right script. So. I believe that my creativity and and um, writing ability and even – I mean considering I edited this thing, I did the color grading, sound design, uh, I co DP'd it with a stellar DP named Jimmy Bowie who also did the posters. And oh, yeah. Those are great. Like having a guy for the first time in my life to help me pull focus and to help – just to look at and say, how's that light? And to have him just give the thumbs up, I mean – Confidence while you're shooting is an amazing thing but but that's two people that's yeah. two people more or less splitting some of the most you know uh important aspects of production you know um, right and then, like I said, I wrote it my myself, and that's a lot of work people for people to compare it to stuff that's on t v where you have like a team of writers and it's passed from one team to another right. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, you can't, you can't ask for more than that. And I hope no. it gets the attention of people who could get involved and help. Or I would love for this to, I would love to just talk to TV people about this. Cause. I think
0: what you're doing is better because I watched recently World War Z and that had so many different writers involved in it. Uh And then they gave the script to uh, Damon Lindelof at the end, and he wrote the ending. So Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the movie, you have zombies that are moving terribly fast. And then towards the end of the movie, you've got slow-moving zombies. Um, You've got parts that just don't add up and make sense. The -hmm. way you're doing it with you and a close-knit group of people is probably going to be more cohesive and make a lot more sense.
1: I think – you know what? I agree with you. I think – the only reason I'm even hoping for that is because uh, I do want to move my career forward. But at the same time, I think I'm more terrified of not being able to finish telling you guys this story. Yeah. Like, the whole story is uh, – it's um, 20, 24 episodes. Okay. So it's a couple seasons long. It's three or four seasons. I think it's four seasons. And uh, – It's a heck of a ride. And like one of our posters, we don't, I don't really hide where I'm going with this. Like Mm -hmm. our series poster where it has the shadow. Did you guys get this? Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I saw that. Yep. That's where we're going. Awesome.
1: (laughs) That's where the series goes. Like people call, it's so deceptive to call it a Nightwing show because we really glance right past Nightwing. And, you know, if it could be called anything, it would be called, it would be called Night, it would be called probably Nightwing year one, Batman final year. Right. Well, that,
2: that's, also, that's also what's cool about it. A lot of these shows will, you know, they'll do like the villain that you want, but not the villain you want. They'll have some kind of generic version of it, but they'll make you think the whole time that it's going to be that character, that story. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you wear it on your sleeve with this. People should realize what's going on if they're paying attention.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's all there. Like a lot of, I've had people jump down my throat so hard. Like a lot of, a lot of like female comic book uh, fans, they get mm-hmm. so mad at me for having Barbara Gordon be the victim. Oh, she was badass. Yeah, but yeah, she was also a victim she, on purpose. Right.
0: <laughs> you oh, know, okay. it's
1: like right. they, they missed that altogether. It is like, you know, I don't know. She wasn't know, being she wasn't. an idiot,
2: in other words. <laughs> She wasn't just walking around alleys for no reason.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it was, you know, it was set up and you find out a lot of that stuff, you know, in the very next episode, which is why, right. you know, uh, I'm not too, you know, I'm not too upset about it. So, you know, I'm not too upset about it. I just hope people tune in. My, my guess is that if I do another episode, the audience would grow significantly, you know, because people right. would have to go back and watch the first episode and, well, maybe
2: it'll shut some of the naysayers up too, you know, so. Well, yeah, it, it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we, <laughs> we, talked, we talked about how this is a, it's not necessarily, you know, the Grayson or the Nightwing that we know. But what, uh, what kind of stories or, you know, elements did you take maybe from the comics? Were there any that really struck you and said, I want to kind of add this into my story?
1: Um, I've, I've taken all of them. They're all there. I've yeah. just, I've just gone where everybody else goes. Right, I went left. Right. Like, I didn't say Bruce didn't want to adopt him. Right. That's totally different. You know what I mean? Like, if if Bruce never knew the kid existed, and like, it's Bruce wanted to adopt this guy. Yeah. But some, or this child, uh, probably, and in our story at the urging of our parents or, or, or of uh, Richard's parents. Right. So like, you know, th- that's a mystery in and of itself is like, you know what I mean? Like his, you know, our story kind of revolves, I mean, Richard's main through line that takes him from season to season, to season is that he's slowly starting to find out things about his parents. And Bruce, once again, hasn't, he's never really even met this kid before. Right. He just knew his parents. You know? So you are
2: you are going to be having like, uh, I mean, you're going to explain a lot of his backstory oh, yeah. too. You know, it's, ghosts from the past and oh yeah. You, get to backs, see how, yeah,
1: you get to see it. Okay, so Richard and and Barbara didn't meet the same way, but the way they met, I I honestly believe in this story is a lot better. You know, like I love the way they meet, and and you get to see. I mean, we're already looking for a Richard at age nine. And wow. we're looking for Richard at age 15. And like I said, we've, we've got this one kid. And um, I have a one, this one gymnast. He's a young boy. I got two kids that I'm looking at. Uh, a young boy who's just the most talented little gymnast ever can do like one-arm handstands and like the splits all different ways. And, and of course he can tumble. Um, yeah. And like, you know, seeing him in those training, those flashback training sequences dealing with an overbearing father. And, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and trying to measure up. And then, you know, just casting the 15-year-old Barbara Gordon that meets 15-year-old Richard. You know? And you get to see how they meet and the circumstances and and why they mean so much to each other, even after not seeing each other for nearly a decade. Yeah. So, like, there's so... It's such a rich universe that I've created that like, I'm glad people are excited about the first episode, but man, it doesn't scratch the surface. It's... It doesn't feel like it, but to me, it's all exposition. It's all just setting up the new world. Right. Yeah. So
2: that—that's what I took from it as well. I mean, that's what I love about it is it's—it's it's world building from the get go. Um, you're setting this up, and and if you've read the comics and you're a fan of Nightwing and Batman, you would understand where the story's kind of heading. You'll mm-hmm. pick up on those things, but it's—it's oh, yeah. it's so cool. To me, the twist again is that there's no Batman and you're seeing him grow up. And that's that's also what I'm excited about. And I knew you were going to go there, but I wanted to ask you anyway. (laughs) But I want to see those scenes where he's,
1: you know, growing up. So that's really cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, seeing it seeing it from the perspective of people who I mean, our lead actor has been through it. We're going to get a young a young actor that's going through it now. It's going to be, you know, very, very real because although you may love what you do, sometimes it's the worst choice you ever made, you know, and that's what it's going to be for this kid. He's, you know, he's going to be dealing, you know, falling. Imagine how many times you fall learning those those skills over and over. Yeah. Yeah. So like and once again, like the falls, the training, you understand why Richard could take a beating from those guys and can get thrown around onto his back his durability is justified in later episodes because he's been doing this way before Bruce was right Bruce didn't start training until training like that until he was a, a, a nearly an, until he was an adult yeah you know and and uh Richard's been doing it since he was a fetus <laughs> 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 you know so like this dude can smoke and drink and and barely take the edge off of his natural ability to. Whew. The athletic
2: that is a nice way of putting it i yeah i mean it really does show that and I mean yeah i mean and stephen mccain i mean he's no joke like you said no. this guy was an olympic
1: uh yeah. athlete and, and and he was no stranger to drinking and smoking at because <laughs> <laughs> you know like the top olympic athletes in the world wrestlers like gymnasts i mean the chinese like olympic gymnasts those guys smoke to calm their nerves Right. they smoke like chimneys and they're still the best Yep. so like people made that little complaint and it just goes to show you like but I mean I love it because it sets up how how destined this character is to be incredible
2: yeah I mean he's almost trying to self destruct but it's not going to happen because he has this path he needs to take you know and and, oh, yeah. and that's, that's kind of just a surface level we don't know what's going on internally really yet but that's yeah. what it seems like you know
1: I there was self-destructive. Yeah, right. There and is it, one it, major difference that I think you guys will really enjoy. And, um, like, so Bruce didn't get to him in time to adopt right. him. But let's say someone else did. Hmm. But let's say they were the opposite of Bruce. Because, obviously, you go right, I'm going to go left. Right. Like, who? what group would be the opposite of Bruce, according to the New 52s. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. You, oh. uh, you, you're probably the first person who caught that. There's a tattoo on him that gives it away. Oh, okay. Oh, There's two no. of them that give it away. Okay, I did not see that. I didn't see that. The name Nightwing... Originally, it comes from Superman. I think it was uh, Starfire and Nightwing. They were like intergalactic, like police officers uh, uh, from you know from Krypton. Right. I can't use that in this world. I can't have Superman name him that. True, but, but you take a character who was once adopted by the blank of the blank, <laughs> and 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 the, it, but becomes a positive force. Night- Nightwing is a very justifiable name.
0: You just blew my mind.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm so serious. His combat ability, his durability, his, his, his history of being tested physically and abused. Yes. So so when he meets Bruce and Bruce tries ah. to retrain him. Stop. You're giving away too much. This is too <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh, this is too awesome.
0: Now I cannot wait for episode two. That is awesome. I just witch I'm
1: so scared. I'm terrified that I'm not gonna be able to finish the story because no one's ever done this before.
0: Oh Jesus. And it
1: all makes sense. Everything connects. So seamlessly, I mean, it's like it was made to be done this way.
0: You should have seen me, and my mouth is just wide open. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, my mind is blown. And I'm, that's I, where
1: we need people's helps. Like, we help. We can't get the. I can't put together the costumes that I need to. I right. mean, the locations. Right. You know, God, I'm already. Stupid. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, I'm just. Yeah, I'm. I'm also. I. I have to see this. I. I. You. I, I had no idea you were going to take it down that road. That's crazy. <laughs> I have to. I mean, I'm stealing. I love this. you. I love you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this was a pizza, the crust is from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, but right. post, post The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I guess the the the, the sauce would be uh, the sauce would be the new fifty twos, uh, and the cheese would be whatever i incorporated from like my real life. Right. You know, the little bit of me infused in there.
2: It's a great yeah, piece. It's, it's a hybrid. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: great, man. I I love it. I
2: I there's no other way to do this and I, and i love the Frank Miller references. I mean, if if people know that those stories, uh you'll see it within like the first 10 minutes or so of the of the episode 1. Yeah. yeah. And the way it looks too. I mean, it, it's it, it, it was on par to me, and, and this is a total compliment because I love the movie, but it was on par with me to the crow, to that dystopic kind of fallen city. Yes. And like, yes. this city needs vigilantes. That's how bad it is. And you see yeah. that
0: the way you shot this and the way it looks, and I love that. Yeah, I thought of the crow myself, too. So you, you weren't, you weren't <laughs> the only so, one.
1: Yeah. You know what's funny? Like, my lead actor said that after reading the first draft, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I think people are just going to see that. But it, I was like, but we're dealing with Bloodhaven and it, I don't think it's going to go any other way. And I mean, I didn't add the only reason I added music is because, well, what does Richard Grayson like to do? Yeah, he's in a band. Yeah. But I mean, in the comics, have you ever seen him like play basketball or or go play tennis no. or play a video game? <laughs> no. It's, uh-uh. it's crime fighting 24-7, and no one's like that. Right. So, like, I gave him something to love, something to help him, like, deal with his past and something to, like, ground him. And, you know what I mean? Like, something to soothe the character. Right. Well, that's yeah. – uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's
2: – you know, it's not exactly like The Crow or anything. I'm just saying that what I liked and what reminded me of it was that you made it a character. Oh, because yeah. that that's important. I mean, this is Bloodhaven and Gotham. There's just as much a character oh, as yeah. Batman, and the Nightwing. You know.
1: I, I mean, that's a great comparison. I mean, I cried when when I heard Brandon died. Like. Oh yeah. And I watched that, and I still get like, number one, I I kind of put that performance, especially in certain scenes by Brandon Lee, on the same playing field as Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh, totally. Like that's it's where just it came so from good. to me. Yeah. yeah. It's just so good. And I mean, in a lot of ways, um, I'm looking forward to the future episodes more. Because you never even got to see our lead actor without the makeup on his face. Right. You know, that's when we really start to differentiate ourselves from that Crow sort of feel. You get to see Bloodhaven during the day. Yeah. You get to see Gotham during the day. Like, this is not a purely nighttime show. It was just... One crazy night, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and so, and I love the idea of being able to, like, this show, the one thing I did kind of steal from Smallville is it's not about the costumes. Right. You know, it's about the characters, which is why, you know, I said, well, it depends on who you think Batman is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, is it the costume or is it the man?
2: Right. Which also blew my mind on yeah. top of what just <laughs> did earlier. <laughs>
1: So, I mean, my lead actor, I think, is a little bit more excited than me because he knows where I'm going and then he gets all excited and then he has to wait. And But that guy is so more than capable of redefining what people think Richard Grayson is and what people think Nightwing is and... I think he's, it's
2: ar- a- he's already Richard Grayson to me, man. I <laughs> he he does it so well. I mean, he you can see the passion in this guy that he really wants to play this performance. You he you get that? End. Yeah, I mean, you get that in other superhero movies, and you can tell when they just you know they're not into the source material. They know nothing about it. But he seems like he wants to be this character, and, and it really shows in his performances of it.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the whole team is hungry. And I think the first episode is an example of what you know, I'll spill the beans for you guys it's the first time I've ever said this, but this cost me sixteen hundred bucks. Right. That's cheap. That's dirt cheap. That's food essentially. And you know, our Lead Actor paid for his own makeup, he paid for his own wardrobe. Um I had the jacket designed, but he he, he did the groundwork with what the character would look like. I mean, we dyed his hair like seven times because we just <laughs> didn't get it right. <laughs> like it was nothing but heart put into this project, and like we knew we were creating something pretty magical every step of the way because people would just look at the monitor and be like, "Oh my god,
2: I'm like yeah. this
1: is working," you know? Yeah. And
2: yeah. Totally.
1: I, we fully expected to to to. Oh man. I really – the images I have in my head for future episodes and the reveals plot-wise, the reveals character-wise, you know, like I have a villain I'm going to introduce that is purely mine. That, right. This this was one
2: of the perks, right, by the way.
1: Yeah. I'm okay. going to shoot that bonus episode pretty soon. And I might try another crowdsourcing campaign. I'm kind of figuring out how I'm going to do it. But – um. You know, I'm just really pumped. By the way, speaking of the perks, what other web series allows you to pitch an idea?
0: I and saw that. That's credit. awesome. Yeah, yeah. For okay, and it's for forty dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, for forty dollars, you can pitch your idea.
1: That's pretty big, and get writers credit for it, and right. be invited on to set when we shoot your episode.
0: Right. So, so if,
2: if you're one of those people complaining, you know, why not spend 40 bucks pitch your,
1: your idea, and then I you can to stop criticizing. That's the same question. <laughs> the, the, most, the most flattering and exciting and funny thing that happens is people who, who, who directly email me through my Facebook, and they, they, <laughs> they pitch their ideas, and I'm like, I can't do it without the, without the uh, Indiegogo contribution. Right. And they're so excited, and they have so many great ideas It's just, you know, it's one of those ways I want to get people really, really excited about the show. It's one of those ways that I feel like the coolest part about being indie is that I don't have to lock anything in until I feel like it. And I also can challenge myself. Like, I have the framework and every single, I have the entire show from beginning to end outlined. I think it's a cool challenge for me to hear people's ideas and be able to weave them in. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I think that's why I'm writing it episode by episode. I did write the outline for, you know, for each episode, but I I am just now starting on episode 2. Yeah. And I want to keep it that way because I want to give my, myself time to like hear people's thoughts and 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 you know, it, I feel like I rewrote Grayson the first episode 6 or 7 times as we went along because I just got better and better ideas. So if that script doesn't change, then I'm not getting any better as I go along that, and that kind of sucks.
0: That's exactly, you know, I don't know, uh, Martin Scorsese is the same way. They they've said that he's such a perfectionist that he keeps adding more and more ideas and better ideas and perfecting it that they've had to actually, you know, if they, if they let him do a movie the way he wanted to, it would never get done. Because he's such a perfectionist, so yeah, that's not a bad thing. I I just kind of compared you to Scorsese there. I know that's
1: pretty awesome. I don't (laughs) say to that. You just blew my mind. But uh, I tell you what, though, this episode, I set a date and I abandoned it. I literally just bailed out. Number one, I could have spent like five more weeks editing this episode, and but then I would have set the bar way too high. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just didn't. I don't want to set the bar so high on that first episode that, like, with a timeline, say, like we met our goal on Indiegogo. Uh huh. I wouldn't have like five and six weeks to edit like per episode. I would have to kind of crank that out fairly quickly. And I just didn't want to set myself up, you know, to the point where I wouldn't be able to put that sort of detail into every episode. Right. You know, we have to kind of go on a slight incline the entire the entire first season.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, and oh, right now you're at. Uh, I'm looking at the page. You're at eight thousand four hundred and eighty dollars. We've got eight days left of a forty thousand yeah. dollar goal. Now, what can people do other than you know? I mean, of course, you want to get donations, absolutely. Um, but I mean, if if they donate, what else can they do to help the project get some more attention?
1: Um. I'm gonna go ahead and just answer that as honestly as possible. Uh-huh. If you if you have any access to to press outlets, or you just want to write on our behalf to press, please do. Like if you know someone at Huffington Post or Deadline, and you got a favor to call in, and you love the show, I mean that could be worth so much to this show. You know, I think I believe in I believe in the show's ability to, to kind of push. Really far into this goal by the uh, you know by the by the end of this eight days and you know I don't know if we'll make it but I know I plan on doing another episode and of course a bonus episode um, in between um, now and you know now when the goal is up you know and I plan on crowdsourcing again because I believe if I I put out this second episode and show that what we did wasn't a fluke and we have more of a strong fan base I mean considering I've, that's a brand new YouTube channel. Right. It was a brand new Facebook page, June first, right? Yeah, yeah, we did it all the same day. Right. This is a this is a win. I mean, the Joker blogs. I love that show. I love that show. Have you guys heard of it?
2: No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh.
1: It's a really great YouTube show uh, called the Joker Blogs, done by a guy named Scott McClure, and he was actually good enough to chat with me before I did this and just gave me some advice. And he was actually uh, thinking about coming up and doing a cameo. Um <laughs> in our episode, just because he was that cool of a dude. I think he was stuck in production. Anyway, his show's been up for three or four years, and they could barely make forty thousand dollars. Right, right. So w- w- there's you know, in every way, shape, or form, this show has won. And oh, yeah. we have enough to move on into another episode. And if we have to fundraise episode by episode, that's fine. But I think at some point. The fans are gonna show such a strong amount of appreciation that we won't have to do that. I think at some point we're just gonna get support beyond even our wildest dreams.
0: Well it's word of mouth. And we're gonna try we're gonna put the word out there. I mean, Jay, you know, he brought it to me and he he said, you know, check this out. And then when I watched it, I was like, I just messaged him back I'm like holy shit that was awesome <laughs> that was awesome like I was thinking of you know uh, everything in that video for everything from the the fighting choreography to, to the characters to like wanting to see you know what road he's gonna take and how he becomes the man that we know from the comics and and I, I cannot wait to just watch this character's journey from episode to episode to episode. It right. left me wanting to watch more. I was upset when it ended. <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought about
1: doing a post credit scene too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, so, it was so long. Like I only wanted it to be 10 minutes. But I kept adding stuff and we ended up being 16 with the credits and whatnot. So, um, But people don't complain mm-hmm. about it being too long and that surprises yeah. me most.
2: No, I I wanted more too. I mean it I I was so I was very impressed like I felt like I took a lot away just from that. Like you jam-packed it with stuff that like Brian said made made you want to, you know, see what's going to happen next right afterwards. So, no, definitely not too long. I mean, ha- have you have you talked to anyone at DC Comics about you know, getting the word out? I
1: mean, any yeah. of the writers yeah. of the series? Yeah,
0: or? you know, Kyle, I think Kyle Higgins is still doing the 52 book. Yeah. Have you mm-hmm. reached Have Kyle you reached Higgins, out to him?
1: Uh reached out via Facebook. Uh, I reached out to him before I ever started shooting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was kind of weird because he didn't know me from anyone. And sure. I was like, I'm doing a web series. And I sh- sent him one of the early mock-ups of the posters. And his response to me was, be careful what you do because the fans know who this character is and they're not I think he said something along the lines of they're not going to be very accepting of of changes with the character regardless mm-hmm. of what universe you're in which is right. pretty much what I expected people to say.
0: Oh yeah, cuz people get upset with what, you know, fan fiction things like that. So
1: and to his credit, the episode came out, somehow he saw it on his own and he emailed me saying good job. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Like, so, like, I think, once again, and, and ultimately, all I was trying to do is what he's doing. Like, he's putting his stamp on the character. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You yeah. know? Uh, same thing everybody does. I mean, like, Grant Morrison killed Superman. And, and, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and no, it, it's people who really, really, like, make radical changes to what you think the, you know, the character is that ultimately end up leaving their stamp on it, you know, right. Like, yeah. I don't remember. But like
2: the- like I said earlier, this is still Nightwing. At his core, people will realize that there are differences from the from what you know from the actual story, but this is still Nightwing. So there's I nothing mean, to be disappointed in.
1: I mean he's still to a certain extent, he even he jokes a lot. Like I mean yeah. he slaps a girl on the ass. <laughs> he uh you know he, he he he's sarcastic with the dude. When he, when he snatches the gun from him. Right, right. When he's got six guys surrounding him and they're like, what are you going to do? You know, what is that going to make us when we kill you? And he, he replies with, a, with sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's clearly the same guy. He doesn't right. take, you know, because of low self-worth in this version. Like, no one's going to cause him to shut up. You know what I mean? To not speak his mind and to not be a smartass. ass. Right and And it worked <laughs> you know it really, really worked. I think my favorite part of this first episode was showing that he was uncomfortable with being heroic, yeah, you
3: yeah,
2: know. that was clearly obvious, even when he was talking to Barbara um at kind of towards the end there you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. and he's not accepting he has all these people that are trying
1: to thank him, and he's just like i don't <laughs> yeah. I don't know that." You know? <laughs> I think it's really cool because I mean like – I mean when you're in – when you grew up in Bloodhaven like he did, like sticking your neck out for other people can get you killed, which it almost did several times that night. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the night, you, you you get nearly killed. You come back feeling like you're on cloud nine, like for once you did something right and you find out you didn't even put a dent in this thing. Right. You know, and and ultimately, that's gonna stand to be a big barrier for the character, for a while. Is the fact that like, can you really make a difference? Wow,
2: yeah, that's very cool, man. I, that's something I look forward to seeing. Um, I, I really want to see this
0: made. I really want to see this story. Um, I'm developed. gonna ask our listeners to just go to Indiegogo, do a search, <laughs> do a search for Grayson, and I'm telling you, if you can't scrounge up five
1: dollars in your couch. I tell yeah. you what, I tell you what. If, if every one of our viewers had donated, uh, had donated fifty cents, we would have hit our goal already. Right. You right. know, if half of them yeah. donated yeah. fifty cents, we'd be close enough to our goal to probably crank out a, a whole season. Just
0: don't buy a Starbucks coffee that day. <laughs> <laughs> Throw down <laughs> five <Thank> bucks. <laughs> you'll get you'll get a heartfelt thank you on on the, the Twitter and Facebook page. That'll make you feel good, and then you'll get to watch a really awesome series when it comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you it know, got,
1: mag, 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 throw in one more thing. Please. More thing. Yes. Um, like, I'm new to this Indiegogo stuff. I'm new to YouTube. I'm mm. new to this Facebook stuff. But the the overarching thing I've learned, like, like we hit a major snag in our in our fundraising. Clearly, I mean, we have almost close to nine thousand of the forty thousand goal we wanted. And it's funny because you know you looked left. If I look to my left, I see James Franco making ten thousand dollars per donation. Yeah, you know. And if I look right, I see uh, Zach Braff getting millions (laughs) and 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 stuff. Now, sometime within this you know post Grayson thing, I went to go see the Man of Steel, and I loved it. We did. We did too. Yeah. yeah, It seemed like the whole world like had their problems with it.
0: Oh, we loved it. We loved it.
1: Yeah, I know, I, well, you know, it seemed like level-headed guys do. Yeah, <laughs> And then, but there's a fundamental flaw in the way, like, we do things here in America. And, th- and this isn't isolated to, to entertainment, but I'm going to keep it there for right now. Sure. Like, we complain about things, but when we have an opportunity to kind of shepherd new talent in, we don't do it. Right. We don't do it. You right. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Like, this show is—I mean, there's some other, there's another Nightwing series out there, and I love it. I think it's really, really great. But it's a much different standard than ours is. You know, it's mm-hmm. totally it's apples to oranges. And then you know, like uh, James Franco walks around with a cell phone, just talking <laughs> about what he's going to do, as he drops out of projects and costs projects the same amount of money that he's asking for right. on Indiegogo. We yep. delivered, we took the risk first. Like I laid my money and my time. I showed the audience that I can handle doing something like this, both as a writer, a cinematographer, editor, whatever. And I'm asking for a fraction of what he is. Yes. And minute wise, will more than likely deliver more. And somehow it didn't, it just doesn't work. And I'm doing it. We're revolving around a character that's been around a lot longer than James Franco has. So,
0: <laughs> are you, yeah, are you going to be able you know, to get a uh, forty dollars pitch meeting with James Franco? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> all you do is you get a bunch of autographs, which you could probably get for free if you bumped into him on the street, or, <laughs> or for twenty five bucks if you met him at some convention or something. Yeah. And then we have the nerve to complain about him too. Right. You know, to complain about seeing the same faces all the time and the, like. We have the opportunity to create the atmosphere we choose in Hollywood because of this yeah and uh, and I just wish we'd take it you know I think it's that serious. I think you know I think what we do now is going to have an impact on what our entertainment is ten years from now
2: yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean that you can do that now, and I think that's that's a, a blessing in a way, because like I said, you don't have these. Uh, couple hands in the pot, you know, dictating things. This this can be made by the people who actually have the vision. Exactly, with and them that, putting in
1: their idea. ideas.
2: Right, let them you know- see it through. These are always the best stories and people, you know, stuff like, you know, even like just this has, This is kind of off the subject, but Donnie Darko, you know, just one of those movies where mm-hmm. this was this guy's vision and he kind of did it on his own and mm-hmm. it wasn't majorly funded, but it was awesome. And those are always the ones you look back on and say, that was great.
1: I'm glad that he got to do it the way he wanted to do it. It's a classic, you know? Yeah. And and I, to hear you guys say how much you thought of the first episode, we must... We're on the something here. Oh, definitely. Think of what I would do with your help. Right. Like, I really believe in myself enough to say directly to an audience, with your help, I can provide something that should be on TV, that rivals TV, that rivals the cleverness of TV-style plots. And, and you know, I, I take it – I have no other way of doing this. You right. Know, these celebrities could do it themselves or – could get money from someone else but don't want to sacrifice on their vision. This is it. Without yeah. you guys, this thing mm-hmm. doesn't move. Well, it just evaporates into the ether. So
0: I want to dig deeper into your head and see this come to fruition. <laughs> I do. I mean, from what I've seen and how your excitement, your passion for the project, you've got it all mapped out, and I want to see your vision, and I don't want that to be kind of – I don't know. Uh, not exactly 100 percent of what you wanted to show us. I want us. I want you to get that forty thousand dollar goal. Me too. So, <laughs> so of course, of course. But you know, we've got eight days left. By the time this goes up, they will probably be seven or six. So we really need to, you know, get get our get like, dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah so. You know, thank uh,
1: you guys, for for chatting it up with me, love my Midwest folks. You guys are in Chicago, right? We're about Uh, we're about uh, three hours hours south, south. yeah. Um, Yeah. From Milwaukee, so like only like right around that area. You guys go to Great America a lot? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's nowhere else to go. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I mean, I'm glad I'm getting the support from the Midwest. You know, absolutely. So all right guys well thanks all right thank
2: you it was a pleasure i I really appreciate it uh yeah i mean uh great talking to you and you know i urge people go to indiegogo grace and earth one support this project and and please you know keep us posted regardless of what's going on Uh, Absolutely.
1: and we're gonna keep that i can get you guys like info and get you guys like early scoops on things i would love to give you guys like You know, I'm looking for people to give, like, little scenes or snippets from future episodes to – you know, That'd be I'd fantastic.
2: Yeah. I mean, we could post that all over the place. So um, yeah. we'd love to just see it ourselves. So we may oh, not yeah. share it always. <laughs> well, one of the things. Especially if you're going to give stuff away. <laughs> if,
0: oh, yeah. if you're on the Grayson page here on Indiegogo, there's, you can share the campaign. You can, you can tweet it. You can, uh, you know, right. and uh, you can send it to somebody in an email. There's a, there's a lot of different things that you can do with this. So let's just get the word out there and uh, see if we can make this happen.
1: Yep. Well, thanks again, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. right, Thanks a lot. Take
1: care. (laughs)